0: Welcome to the podcast of Vineyard Church Cardiff. We are a church that is learning to live like Jesus for the restoration of our city and the renewal of our nation. During the coronavirus outbreak, we have both online and in-person gatherings across all of our sites in and around Cardiff. So wherever you feel comfortable at the moment, you can engage with church. You can find all of the details you'll need on our website, vineyardcardiff.org sundays. Here's this week's talk from me, Central Site Pastor Paul Crouchley. Well it is great to be with you today. It's it's actually great to be back preaching. Uh, I've managed somehow to not preach since before my daughter Nora was born and she turns four months today so I've no idea how I got away with it. Don't tell James and Alice but you know I am glad to be back opening up the Word of God with you uh, this morning or afternoon, evening, whenever you are Watching church today. Uh, I'm continuing our Shape by the Word series where we're looking at the role the Bible plays as we learn to live like Jesus. And we had a break last Sunday, we had the wonderful Mike Pilvachi bring an amazing word for us. Uh, and so, because of that, let me just give a quick recap of what we've covered so far in the series. We've looked at what our relationship with the Bible is like and that we don't want to read the Bible just for information, but we want to read it for transformation we've unpacked that all scripture, even the bits we find tricky, even the bits we find offensive, that all of it is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking and training in righteousness. And then two weeks ago, James looked at being rooted in the word and what it means to delight and meditate on the Bible. Today, I'm going to carry on and I'm going to look at what it means to be guided by the word. We're going to be in psalm uh, 119 so open up your bibles about halfway through and join me there and whilst you do that let me tell you about when i took part in the duke of edinburgh award i did the the silver award as part of my a-levels which actually were (laughs) longer ago than i kind of realized you know suddenly, you're like actually I'm, i'm not i'm not old yet but i'm getting kind of on in my years. So it was during my A-levels and in part I did the Silver Award and my expedition for that was in the New Forest. Now, if you know the New Forest, you'll know that the terrain is not particularly arduous. It's not the hardest walking there. And the reason that the New Forest is a location worthy of the silver award is, is because of its difficulty to navigate. There's lots of uh, dense forest with paths that run through it. It's incredibly easy to get lost. And once you're lost, it's really quite difficult to find your way again because you can't see any landmarks or anything like that. You're just surrounded by forest. Uh, and so this isn't, don't worry. A story about me getting lost, uh, because part of the prep is that we had to learn to read an ordnance survey map. Uh, not this exact one, but one just like this. Uh, and <laughs> any of you under the age of 20, something like, "What is this thing? This paper that opens up?" Well, this is an ordnance survey map, and uh, we had to learn to read it. Now. With basic map reading skills, I can't can't fold this back up, I'm just gonna put that there. Well, with basic map reading skills, you can learn to identify Uh, towns and countryside and raids and rivers and and things like that and then as you develop your skills somewhat you can learn to read contour lines for gradients and you can learn to use your compass to navigate on it and you can learn to actually measure distance on it and use grid references and and all things like this and learn the symbols upon symbols for lots of different things now at least (laughs) I think that's what you learn because on our trip we didn't learn this stuff because very, very quickly, we realised one of the guys in our group, Guy called Pete, was exceptional at map reading and was brilliant with directions. He just knew where he was, whenever it was, and he knew exactly where to go next. And so we just said, well, let's leave him to it. You know, you might call that lazy. I would call that an efficient use of resources and time. But you see, an OS map, this thing is it's designed to be incredibly useful as a guide to your journey. But you see, when you open it, if you don't know how to read it, if you don't know how to understand and interpret all of the detail, it can actually be quite daunting and confusing. And you can actually end up feeling more overwhelmed and even lost when you open it up, even though it's supposed to help you. And I think that that is how many of us feel about the Bible. We know that it's supposed to be helpful for us. We know that it's supposed to be a guide for our journey. But really, we feel confused as we open it. Maybe we open it and and we zoom in to uh, the Old Testament and we are just perplexed as to why this story that we're reading is even in the Bible or that could God really be like what I think I'm reading? And then we've got maybe no idea how this random passage in Leviticus has anything to say to our lives in our context in 2021 as we live through a global pandemic. But you see, throughout scripture, it's clear that the word of God is to be our guide, that it's timeless. That in these pages is how God communicates the way he intends life to be lived. And in this book is the truth about wisdom and purity and holiness and love and justice and mercy and so on and so on and so on. And so look, if, you're, if you feel confused whenever you get, you know, you're not alone. But I believe that it is possible that we can learn to use this book as our guide. So we're in Psalm 119. And uh, for those of us who know Psalm 119, we'll know it's a long old chapter. It's the longest in the Bible. It's 176 verses. And, and those verses are broken down into 22 stanzas. Each one of these is uh, to do with the, the Hebrew alphabet. And in reality, I could have preached from any one of those 22 stanzas because Psalm 119 is a love letter about Scripture and about the way of God. But we're going to be in the fourth stanza. So we're in Psalm 119, and we're reading from verse 25. So let's read it, and then we'll pull out some things about how in our apprenticeship to Jesus, we can be guided by the word. So verse 25, it says this, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me, teach me your statutes, make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow, strengthen me according to your word, put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness, I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Or, Holy Spirit, I just pray that as I unpack uh, these words, Lord, would you just be with us this morning and would you soften our hearts to hear your truth, your encouragement and your conviction. Amen. So as we begin, let me ask you the question, what guides your life? Now, you might not have thought too much about this, but really it's what guides and informs the decisions that we make, the relationships that we have or don't have, how we treat people, how we treat people we don't like, (laughs) how we spend our money and our time. You know, for all of us, what guides us? is a melting pot it's a messy concoction of our upbringing our experiences our values our culture our job our hobbies and within this stew is the truth of the bible and for some of us the truth of the bible is the main thing it it directs and permeates every ingredient in the stew and for others of us it's just a little add-on at the end maybe it's a bit of garlic bread that we dip dip into the stew occasionally, but we largely leave it on the side of the plate. You know, it's clear that for the psalmist in Psalm 119, he wants the word and the way of God to direct every part of his life. You know, Psalm 119 is a declaration that says, your way, God, is the way life is meant to be lived. Help me understand it. Help me live it. The psalmist is saying that the truth of the bible gives life verse 25 in this book you know god has revealed the way of life that he's intended give me life according to your word and it's truth it should they should shape every aspect of our lives you know what we find here is that there is a way of living that leads to life to righteousness purity holiness peace justice and it's found in this book you know, the psalmist is saying, let me be full of the word of God in order that I might know the way of God. And that's what we mean to be guided by the word is to be so full of it that it permeates all of us. And, and we become so aware of the way of God. And, and Dave, we've got Dave Kemp, our kids pastor. He's going to be preaching for us next week. Really excited to hear from him. He's going to unpack really practically how we become full of the word. But this is what the psalmist is saying, I, the, the Lord, your way, God, would it permeate every decision I make? Would I be shaped by your word? Would I start to embody and live out your values? You know, when you read Psalm 119, it's clear that the psalmist loves the way of God. Verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste? sweeter than honey to my mouth uh, or 127 because I love your commands more than gold more than pure gold he has found something that means that he loves them and thinks they're so valuable and I want that uh, to be true for you to be true for us as a community that we would be so enamored by the word of God you know in the first talk of this series James asked the question what is your relationship with the scriptures like well, a few weeks on, let me ask it again. How is your relationship? Is it, is it the same as what it was? Has it changed at all across the series? Maybe you're like the psalmist, you just love the word, you feast upon it. Or maybe actually you're at the other end of the spectrum and you find it boring and confusing and irrelevant and you're really not sure how you can even get anything from it. Maybe you're somewhere in between. But let me ask you another question. In your relationship with the scriptures... Do you let them guide you? You know, as you're learning to live like Jesus, what role does the Bible have in guiding you? I want to draw out two things today that we need in order to be guided by the word in our apprenticeship to Jesus. Two things that we need in order to be full of the word of God, to know the way of God. The first of those is that we need to understand the word. And the second is that we need to submit to the word. So let's start with understanding the word. Verse 26 in Psalm 119 says this, teach me your statutes. Then into verse 27, he says, make me understand the way of your precepts. Then into verse 29, and graciously teach me your law. Teach me, make me understand, teach me. The psalmist is hungry to understand God's way. He knows that for it to, to happen for him, to, to understand God's way, he needs to understand the word of God. So how do we here in 2021 understand the Bible in order to live like Jesus? Well, the key is the psalmist is putting out is to be taught. That for us to understand the word of God, we need someone to teach us. You know, when I did my D.V. expedition, I didn't learn how to read a map. I relied on Pete's knowledge, and that was fine for that trip. It meant we sailed through with ease. But now I only have a basic understanding of map reading, uh, well, you know, which turns out it's actually not that big a deal because of Google Maps. But technology aside and the limits of an analogy aside, we need Peter's to teach us how to read the map. You know, many of us are coming to the Bible with a basic understanding and we're missing much of the beauty within it. And in that process then we're not becoming full of the word of God and then we're not knowing the way of God and then the way of God isn't guiding us because we're missing it. We need people to explain it to us, to explain how to read it, how to apply it. We need people how to show it and show us how to live it. We need Peters in our life that will do this. And it's being taught things like the context or the nuance of scripture being taught things like the styles of literature in the Bible and then how to read them and how we approach them differently. You know, on styles, in preparing for this, I came across a really helpful analogy from the Bible Project. At the Bible Project, they create animated videos uh, to help people understand the Bible and I just think they're amazing. So we've actually linked a couple of their videos in the YouTube blurb for you to check out because they will be a really helpful resource for you. But their analogy was this, imagine walking into a bookstore As you go in, you know, there'll be shelves for fiction, there'll be shelves for biography, for history, for poetry, for for non-fiction, for politics. Lots of different shelves. And if you were to pick up a book from, from one shelf, you would have very different expectations and very different things you're looking for from it than if you were to pick up a book from another shelf. Both books are trying to communicate something to you, but incredibly different ways. And the same thing is true for the Bible. There are different types of literature within the Bible. And if we don't pay attention to the style of literature that we're reading, we'll miss out on much of the brilliance that it's trying to communicate. You know, within the Bible, we've got narrative and poetry and lore and prophecy and praise and discourse. Each style of writing is trying to communicate in a very different way. Now, look, I don't know why most Bibles, you know, my Bible here, it doesn't at the start of each book give me a breakdown of what styles of literature are within it. And I don't know why they don't do that, but they don't. And and because of that, we need Peters in our life who will help us understand it, who have gone before us, who know, oh, this bit's poetry. And if you read it like this, and this means that you can take this from it. It allows us to engage and, and draw far richer meaning from the text and ultimately Apply it to our lives more effectively. You know, another thing that um, Peter's and friends and people can help us understand is the story of the Bible. <clears throat> like many of us, I have watched more TV over the last year than I expected to. And especially uh, in the first part of Nora's life, watching sitcoms on Netflix helped keep me awake in the early hours <laughs> of the morning, kept me sane get me awake, get my baby alive. Uh, But most good sitcoms will allow you to jump in and watch a standalone episode and be able to follow it and enjoy it. But they will also have overarching storylines that are traced through each individual episode. And if you're someone who is watching from the start to the finish, maybe... (laughs) 3am in the morning you will get drawn into this bigger story and what starts to happen is that you see in each individual episode things that point to the bigger story or things that even explain the bigger story or mirror the bigger story it's like that with the bible The Bible is full of individual stories that make up one overarching narrative that lead to Jesus. And these stories sometimes echo what Jesus does for us. Sometimes they just show pointers of what Jesus will will make right when he comes. So many different aspects to it. But they are these little stories that make up one big story. You know, when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, this is what he's doing. He's explaining to those two disciples Hey, here are all those, those little stories, and here's how that overarching story comes into and, and meets me. Here's how I'm the fulfillment of it. You know, that's really helpful for us to know, especially as we approach the Old Testament and we open it up and we feel like we're just reading a random story about a random king in a random location. And we're like, well, what on earth does this have to mean? You know, we can step back and ask. How does what I'm feeding, sorry, feeding, how does what I'm reading fit into the whole story of the Bible? What does this story reveal about the nature of God? How does this story point to Jesus? And that's where we need our mate Pete again to tell us that the Bible is like a sitcom, to explain that to us but then also to explain how the stories fit together, to help us unpack the answers to some of these questions. You know, and as we start to understand these things and have them explained to us, it becomes easier to be guided and shaped by the word of God. You know, the goal isn't with scripture that we tick the box to say that we have read our few verses for the day, and then we go about the rest of our life not dwelling on them, not being influenced by them. You know, the expectation of the psalmist would be that when we read scripture, you know, we read it day and night, that we're absorbing it all of the time and that then we're meditating on it and we're discussing it with our friends, that we're, we're chewing it over. It's a kind of an analogy that James used before, that we're chewing it and we're working out. OK, well, how does this apply to my life? What about this situation? And, and you're wrestling with it in community. You know, absorbing the truth of Scripture to the point that guides your life shouldn't be something you expect to do alone. God never intended for us to do it by ourselves. He intended for people to help us. And hopefully, you know, as preachers, that's what we're doing That week on week. We're helping you on that journey. But we also need Peters. We need friends that will walk the journey side by side, shoulder to shoulder with us and help us understand. So look around the church community. I know it's a little bit harder, maybe on Zoom or in small groups online and things like that, but but do it. Look around and find people who are further along than you and ask them to help you understand the way of God. No one is going to be offended if you ask them that. You know, more than that though, what would it look like to be a Peter? To say, you know, I don't know everything, but this much I know, can I share that with you to help you in your faith and in your apprenticeship to Jesus? know, it's something all of us can do. If you've been following Jesus six months, find someone who's been following him for three months and take them along the journey with you. Whatever stage, whatever age we are, this is something we can do. But saying that prophetically, I did feel um, a couple of weeks ago as I was praying over this, uh, this preach, I really felt like the Lord wanted to have a commissioning moment for some of the older members of our community. Uh, I was reminded last year at NLC there was a word given uh, about taking your place. And after that, we ended up actually praying over, uh, I think it was all the 850s. And oh my word, the Holy Spirit fed in power. And and I think that something similar wants to happen this morning. So if that's you, if even in this moment you start to feel the serve of the Holy Spirit, would you open yourself up and Holy Spirit, would you fall on power right now? The Holy Spirit, I, oh, I, oh dear. I, I believe this, I believe the Holy Spirit is right now just confirming and stirring some of you in in the older generation and he's calling you. he's saying take your place to mentor younger believers take your place to unpack the scriptures with them to show them what a life lived faithfully in, in followership of Jesus looks like so just come, Holy Spirit, would you, would you fall on power? A, this is a little bit weird doing it to the camera, but you know what? I believe the Holy Spirit is moving. I believe it's working. And so, you know, if, if you're watching this as part of the Zoom services, well then press into this, pray over this afterwards. If, if you're watching this by yourself and you feel the Holy Spirit moving, then feign up a friend and get them to pray for you right now. Holy Spirit, fall, fall, in, uh, fall in power. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, believe it's a commissioning moment for some of you. Would you look around, or would you would you just just offer, offer to help people? And you know what, guys, I, when, when someone offers that, would we just willingly take that? On with the rest of the preach. There we go. So, <laughs> for us to be guided by the Word, we need to to understand it, and then we need to submit to it. Verse twenty nine. Put false ways far from me. Verse 30, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. Verse 32, I will run in the way of your commandments. You know, understanding a map is of no use if when you are out for a walk, you don't follow what it says. And the way for the information of the Bible to lead to the transformation of our lives is for us to submit to it and do what it says. This is foundational if we want to be guided by the word. Uh, It reminds me of a story, um, sorry it reminds me of what it's like for Pilots and uh, I was just remembering uh, back in 2013 uh, I went over to San Francisco and saw my uncle uh, and my aunt and my uncle's a bit of a genius uh, to the point I mean he built his own plane. So big dog, very clever. Uh, And I went over in 2013 and he took me up in his plane. There's actually a clip that's hopefully going to come on screen um, right now. And as it's coming up, you'll see there are an array of dials and instruments and meters uh, on the dashboard. And I remember when we were up in the air, he suddenly just turned to me with no warning, was just like, want to take control. Now obviously, secretly, I'd been hoping this would happen, but he, we hadn't spoken about it. And suddenly he says, well, you know, would you like to take control? I'm like, yeah, obviously. Uh, and so he suddenly rattles off and points to probably six or seven of these dials and says, right, make sure this one doesn't drop below there, make sure this one stays in this range, make sure, you know, this one doesn't go above there type thing. And I remember just being like, oh my word, I think I heard one of those things. And I was just looking at what I think was the last one he pointed at as he you know, says, oh, con- you've got control. And so I'm just staring at this dial and you know, naturally within a few seconds, he's like, well, pull, we're dipping, just pull up slightly. And you know, I'm staring there, I'm looking around and honestly, they, you know, it was just this crazy moment. And uh, you know, obviously after a, a few moments, he takes back control, he lands and it's all good. In that short moment was the key to flying. Pilots fly by their instruments and their dials, not by what they see around them. Now because of that this allows them to navigate through thick cloud, it allows them to navigate navigate through the depth of a storm uh, or the depth of night because they willingly submit to their guide. They make a choice to follow their guide. And we are to do the same. You know, the key to submission that leads to being shaped and guided by the word is choice. You know, verse 29, you know, the psalmist is acknowledging what we all know. There are other worldviews out there. There are other ways we can live our life. But then he declares in verse 30, I choose your way. Verse 32, I will actually do the things of your commandments. I will run. I will live my life in this way. You know, what he's saying is even though other ways of life may be tempting, even when I think I know best, even when your way might actually cost me, I will humble myself and I will choose it. God loves a humble heart and our humility postures our lives in a way that allows God to shape and guide us. Psalm 25 verse 9, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. You know, we are to humble ourselves and like the psalmist choose to follow the way of God. This submission, it's an active aligning of our hearts, our attitudes, our actions. It's not passive. You know, and as we actively submit ourselves to the word of God, we become more and more aware of the way of God. And so we're guided. Pastor and theologian A.W. Taser puts it like this in his book, The Pursuit of God. I speak of a voluntary exhorting of God to his station over us and a willing surrender of our whole being to the place of worshipful submission. The moment we make up our minds that we are going on with this determination to exalt God over all, we step out of the world's parade. We shall find ourselves out of the adjust- out of adjustment to the ways of the world, and increasingly so as we make progress in the holy way in living like Jesus. We shall acquire a new viewpoint, a new and different psychology that will be formed within us. A new power will begin to surprise us by its upsurging and its outgoings. So if you want to be guided by the word, put it into practice. When the Bible says live with integrity, choose to have integrity. When it says show hospitality, show hospitality. When it says pray for the sick, Pray for the sick. You get the picture. We see, as we do that, we become moulded into the likeness of Christ. Our lives become in tune with the symphony of heaven. And what happens, as Tozer explains, is that our mindset and our viewpoint changes. It starts to align with God's wisdom. And this allows us to discern God's will for our lives. And our life becomes guided by his wisdom, by his way, even sometimes without us realising we start to make wise decisions. Now, as I talk about submission, I'm very, very aware that many of us find this hard. You know, our pride, our independence, our past hurts get in the way. Uh, You know, when I was flying, what was interesting was that in the clear blue sky above San Francisco, not a bad place to fly. uh, I couldn't tell those subtle changes of, we're dipping or we're going too high now. I I just couldn't tell. There was like kind of nothing around me to give me that perspective. I had to trust the voice of my uncle. But you see, because I knew that he was a safe pair of hands, because I knew his expertise and his wisdom and his understanding in this area, it was easy to submit to his guidance. You know, for those of us who are finding submission hard, we need an encounter with the king. We need an encounter with his holiness and his majesty. And as Tosa said, to put him back in his proper station above us. You know, where we realise that he is the creator of the universe and we are just like dust. That we really actually don't know best. We don't. You know, as we encounter this king, we find that he isn't some distant ruler over here. But He's a king who will incline his ear to hear the whisper of his children. He will take on flesh in order to die for our sins and usher in a new way of living. You know, when you read Psalm 119, it's clear the psalmist has encountered the goodness of God, that he has experienced something of God that makes his soul delight. Elsewhere in the psalm, Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. The psalmist has done that and so therefore willingly, gladly submits to him. When we encounter the outrageous love and goodness of God, submission becomes a natural outworking. It doesn't mean it's not still a choice it doesn't mean it won't cost us. The verses we've read today, make it clear, it's a choice. When you follow the life of the psalmists, when you look at the lives of people in the Proverbs, you you see that it doesn't always mean that life is going to be easy, but it means that we will be partnering with the Spirit of God, living in his way. And it doesn't mean it won't be harder for some than for others. If you're uh, watching or listening and you're more independently natured, it is going to be tougher for you. But that doesn't matter because it's still the truth that as we experience and encounter the love of God and as we choose to follow his ways, we will become full of the word of God. And as we learn to understand and submit to the word of God, we become guided by it. So as I finish, what does it look like for you to grow in your understanding who is going to be your peter to help you who are you going to be peter for what does it look like for you to submit to the word what does it look like for you to encounter god's goodness because as we're learning to live like jesus and we allow ourselves to be shaped by the word it will guide us into life